the worst moments of our life. Hey, girl, hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can I be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny. What? We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Lakin. Why is my thing working? Oh my God. The fact of the matter is your masks are are not, they're not doing well in the prop department. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Every time you have some message on a mask and then it doesn't, and then it just fails you. No. Come on. Okay, fuck you. I'm your host, Alok Khaled. <laughs> I give up. I'm just trying to protect other people. You're, uh, yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Oh, I am so hungover. <laughs> From what? I miss booze so much. I miss sitting uh, at a bar. I can't wait to sit at a bar with strangers and starting. I can't wait to go to an airport bar and talk to strangers that are just random people. I could say, I could see how you love an airport bar. It's like literally people you're never going to see again. I love an airport bar. It's one of my favorite bars. Yeah. Besides the price gouging. The price gouging is horrible. And and the measured pour. I always look at the bar and I'm like, why are you measuring? Just do it, dude. Just do it. Just I got get you. us wasted. We all have to sleep mm-hmm. on this flight. Knock us out. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I went on a walk last night. This is the funny thing. So I have a friend who lives in our neighborhood, and we do walks every so often. It's our chance to catch up. But we always bring a roadie, right? So I've got in my in my fanny pack, I've got my roadie. She's like, I'm bringing a roadie. I'm like, you know I'm bringing a roadie. So we walk around our neighborhood, and we and we catch up, and we drink our roadies. So she took me to this little like lookout that she found because she's she's like walked all the hills at this point. So we were on like, you know, a friend, a friend lover's date <laughs> at our roadies and we went up to the lookout and we're like looking out over the, you know, the valley. And then she's like, do you want to go by the bodega? I mean, we should. Do you want to go by the bodega? I'm like, you know, I do. So we went to the bodega. We got a water and then we got another Budweiser. <laughs> and we're just like but walking around bodega? our neighborhood. Where, where is the bodega the, the in your neighborhood? At the corner, at the at the bottom corner, there's like a little liquor store. Oh, so you're walking downhill. Yeah, we walk down, we walk up, we walk around. But then I came oh, wow. home. It's a long walk. It's a oh, I walked twenty thousand steps yesterday. I walked nine yeah. miles yesterday because we walked for like three hours. So the problem is, I'm hydrating with Budweiser because I don't realize that I'm like working right. out. And we're in a so heat I'm wave. So I'm so hungover because I'm so dehydrated. <laughs> it's a problem. I know. It's a problem. I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to be hungover again. And it's not good. I'm, you're not missing anything. It's just I know, but I haven't had a drink. I hadn't had a drink in weeks. And I'm like, you know, during the beginning of this COVID, I was having happy hour from three to seven every day. Sometimes two. <laughs> Sometimes two. <laughs> um, on the weekends, sometimes one thirty, two o'clock. Um, okay. But so I was like keeping a bottle of vodka here, and I don't ever keep liquor in my house. And since I started this diet and I haven't been drinking, um, I did have drinks for my birthday, um, which a lot of fans still missed. Um, and um, just pointing it out. Uh, and 
And so I do miss the, I have a soda stream now. Oh, so, do you like it? Oh my God. It's life changing. Really? Because we go through way too much sparkling water and I'm thinking it's, maybe I should get a soda stream. Christine, it is so amazing. And the soda, the bubbles, you can manage how much bubbles you want. Like if you want, like I like it really bubbly. Yeah. And so you can, it's, uh, it's a game changer. I can't wait to add alcohol to it, but it makes me feel like I'm having a cocktail because I just have right. sparkling water over ice. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's game changer. So Do you shrimp. know what I made the other day? Go. A shrub. Do you know what a shrub is? No. A shrub wait. is like an, it's like an old Go. school, old fashioned cocktail mixer. It has no alcohol in it, but it's like, would be the base safe for like a gin or a vodka cocktail. And it's made with, um, it's like a simple syrup. And then you put a fruit in there. I did raspberries, but you could do pear, whatever. And then you strain the fruit out and then you add apple cider vinegar. Oh, weird. I know. So, and then to that, that would be the base of your cocktail. And then you would put in an, your liquor and then you would put in like soda or, or sometimes some people do like a ginger beer. It kind of tastes like a, like a kombucha with, because it's kind of vinegary, you know? Yeah, kind of I don't like, like kombucha, kombucha with. Okay, well, then you're not going. But like it's this. good. But it's good for heartburn. There you go. Yeah. It's it's a, like the heartburn cocktail. Okay, well, before our guest comes on today, um, I wanted to go back into the archives of some of the some of the stories that I think we haven't touched on on the podcast. Stuff that we go did ahead. in our live show years ago, but I think it would be super funny to just talk about some of these like random experiences and jobs and things. Right. Um, so I was going to tell, I'm going to tell the story of when I was doing the movie, The Hottie and the Naughty. So if you've seen it, congratulations, you're the one. Um, I get this movie. I was going out, you know, I was going out for it. Uh, it's to play this girl, June Fig. She's like, she's got a lot of ailments, you know, she's basically ugly duckling. Okay. But it's like right. to the extreme. And then she has this best friend and they end up getting into this quasi love triangle with this other guy. And like, she ends up, you know, kind of becoming this like normal looking person by the end. And he falls in love with her, blah, blah, blah. It's a romantic right. comedy. It's, it's, it's silly and cute. So I find out, I get the movie and I'm like so excited. I think it's going to be super fun to be like all uglified and all this stuff. And um, I'm like, this is going to be a real, like, challenge for me as an actor. I'm, like, thinking of, like, you know, Raging Bull. I mean, completely not that, like, whatsoever, but I'm really going deep. Well, hold, like, on, hold so, on a second. Hold on, hold on a second before you go further. Do you know at this time who you'll be working with? No. Got it. Go ahead. So I get the movie, and then they're like, okay, so you've gotten it. So, you're, um, so your best friend is going to be played by Paris Hilton. And I'm like, okay, that's where I'm at. I was like, oh, oh, you okay. went from raging bull to. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, I mean, all right. I mean, oh, oh gosh, I don't know if we're going to have anything to talk about. Like, are we, how, are, how is that going to be? So I'm like a little, like uh, a little nervous, you know, because at the time we're talking like 2009, this is like height of tabloids. This is like height of, right. you know, paparazzi, paparazzi, Nicole Richie, people getting arrested. Like there was a lot going on. Cut to we meet. She's so lovely. And I, I I've told people this for years and years. Um, 
she is not who you think she is. And I was surprised. I mean, myself, I guess we all have preconceptions about people and truly, I truly, I adore her. Um, and I had such an incredible time working with her. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but the point of this story is, so we are rehearsing with the director and there's an acting coach and we're having rehearsals and we're having fittings and we're having table reads and things like that. And um, I had gone down to the makeup artist's house because I had to get prosthetics, like fitted for all these insane moles. Right. Because you need like zits and, and things. Oh, I, it was like, like, like my hair is falling out, like crazy stuff. Right. So I'm down like, you know, and I'm wearing like sweats because I'm going to be doing this all day and I have to have my face casted and blah, blah, blah. So I get this text from her and she's like, hey, bitch. Um, do you want to, do you want to go out tonight? I have tickets to Justin Timberlake. Do you want to come with? And I was like, I mean, yes, yes. That sounds amazing. She's like, great. Just be to my house by this time. Um, here's the address. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, great. This will be so much fun. So I am in my sweats. I have, I'm in like Manhattan beach and she lives in West Hollywood and there's no time to go home and get new outfits. So I literally, I, I just kind of hightail it up to her house. First time I've ever been to her house. I get to the back door. There's like no gate. There's like a gate, but there's not like a, a doorbell. Mm. I'm like knocking. Mm. I'm like, I'm like for that person. that's like, hello. Are you? Uh, have you met this person yet? You have met her. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, we had table reads. Yeah. 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 And she's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Like we, I, yeah. I was, like I said, I was, I was super. But this um, is your first social event with her. First like, social out. going out. Right. Right. So. I finally, like, I guess the door, I get, like, somehow the buzzer, I don't know. I get through the gate, but then there's just, like, nobody in the backyard. And I'm kind of thinking, like, am I supposed, does anyone know I'm here? <laughs> and I'm traipsing through the backyard. I'm, like, kind of expecting, like, someone to, you know, come and tackle me and tell me to, like, get out of the yard. Um, I walk into her house. I'm like, hello. I see, like, there's, like, cats. There's, like, monkeys. There's, like, dogs. It's, like, a zoo. There's all these different animals. Uh, and we go up to her closet, which is, like, a huge room of, like... There's I monkeys? Mean, amazing. She had monkeys at the time. Yeah, she had two. They were in a cage. Okay. But, I mean, what in, in the house or outside the house? That was outside the house. But then there was also, like, a massive dog house that was, like, a house house. And that's for all the okay. little dogs. And then there were these cats that I thought were like crouching when I came in because they were like their paws were like this, but they were midget cats. Um, Small people cats. I don't know. What are you? you. What's for cats? They're small cat cats. Small cat cats. They're small cat cats. I didn't know there was such a thing, but they're like they're like these little platypus cats. It's very they're very cute. They have short. They have like little short legs, right? Very short legs. Yeah. They're miniature cats, but we don't use the word midget. But they're not. So if you could, I know, but you need to do a public apology. Okay. Like all the other celebrities. Otherwise, otherwise, cancel culture. We're gonna get canceled. Okay, I'm sorry, cats. I I I don't know. I'm sorry, cats. And and they're alleged that. Allegedly. Allegedly, their cats have short legs. Small cat cats. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so I get up to the closet. You know, we're like, we're like, like hanging out. We're having a great time. She's getting ready to go. And she literally looks at me. She's like, "Are you wearing that?" I'm in like sweats, UGG boots, and a t-shirt. And I'm like, I don't have anything else. She's like, "Oh my god, borrow something." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm five one, like." Five nine. Like I don't think it's gonna. She's like, no, there's got to be something here that's gonna fit. She's like rifling through the closet, finally finds a shirt. She's like, this has got to be good. This will fit you. So I put it on. It's like big, but I, it's passable. Okay, we can make it work. And then she's like, the shoes. 
oh God, can't wear those shoes. I mean, they were big, ugly, furry Ugg boots. And I was like, well, I, she goes, no, 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 we're going to make this happen. She was like a size nine. And she, I'm trying to just like squeeze my feet and I'm like, my feet are falling out of these shoes. I'm like, it's not going to happen. She's like, all right, fine. Let's just go. (laughs) So the car comes to pick us up and we, um, and it's me and her. And I think, I think it was just me and her. And then we go down and we pick up Nicole Ritchie. And she gets in the car and we're all like, you know, like getting ready to go to Justin Timberlake downtown. Um, we're having like a great time in the car. We end up going to the concert, amazing seats, amazing concert. We go to get like snacks in the middle, having like hot dogs and popcorn and soda and all this stuff. And again, this is like height of paparazzi times, right? And she and Nicole had like a falling out, but now they were back together and they were friends and blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, the next day, TMZ comes out to, I guess, report on the, on the incident. And they're like, Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton seen out with tween friend. Which is me. <laughs> You're the tween? Because I'm wearing Ugg boots and apparently look like I'm their tween friend. <laughs> Aren't you like older than they are? Yes, by like a lot, I feel like. <laughs> I'm like, this is totally my fate. Like, you know, I'm in, and here I am in my late 20s, and I'm thinking to myself, like, and it's like the height of all of this, you know, paparazzi culture. And I'm like, I'm going out with these like two very famous girls. And I, of course, get called tweet friend. I mean, that would be my fate. Let's be honest. By the way, did you see she it's- came out with a documentary? I, I heard. I can't wait to watch it. Speaking of documentaries, yeah. and we'll talk about this in our solo show coming up soon, I hope. Uh, the, Vow? the Vow. I just started episode one. They're I'm just introducing four. Al- They're just introducing Allison Mack. Oh, Allah. It's hard for me to watch sometimes. Can we reach you. out to Allison after this, please? I mean, I, I think we should. Uh, can you just so... text her? Can you just text her? I don't have her phone number. I don't have a phone number. Don't anymore. you someone that would have it in the group of I tweens? Mean, I know. <laughs> I know that Diane. I mean, reached out to her mom. Someone was also just um, sentenced. I think it was Barbara Boucher. Um, and I want to reach out if you sentenced. would. If you would, I would ru- love you to reach out because and just explain that we've talked about the podcast and you've known Allison for years. If you reach out to the director and the, the, the two documentarians. Yeah, I don't know that she's allowed to talk about any of it, honestly, because she, she's I think be prom- she's she'd be promoting a, the vow. Well, listen, she doesn't want to promote the vow. <laughs> Um, I don't no, I'm not talking about Allison. Be... I'm talking oh. about the two, the director and the woman. Forget her name. The dark hair that's in the documentary. Oh yes. We got to reach um, out to them, and we got to get them on here. So get this, Claire Bronfman, who was one of the Seagram's heirs to Nexium. Yes. She was like one of the yeah. So she yeah. was sentenced yesterday. Um, uh, she was a member of Nexium for 15 years. Sentenced yesterday, I think, nine years in prison. That's not bad. That's less than I thought she'd get. <laughs> Oof. Uh, by the way, Nikki Mazaj just gave birth to her first child. All right, go ahead. <laughs> just got a TMZ it's update. Crazy, though. I, I, I just want to tell you, though, and we'll talk about it after you watch it. The thing that's hard for me about watching it is that 
it's this person that you and I knew. Right. And when you see all this found footage, because there's so much footage, it's crazy. I know. I'm so excited about it. So the guy who is making the documentary was also the documentarian, essentially, for Nexium. He was, like, the archiver. He's got the archives. Yeah. And, like, watching Allison be her normal Allison self. Right. But kind of in this thing that, that, quite frankly, when you watch, like, see, like, episode one, you're like, I see why people get hooked into this thing oh, because it doesn't I had seem. To, no, I it, said it actually to, seems I, like really. You're like great. No, this, I this said to my friend a lot of people until it. Did. No, I, I said to I said to my friend. I go watching the first episode. I want to join. I want to join you this would, group. Yeah, totally. I would be a star in there. Exactly. But I would I be mean, Keith Rainier's best friend. <laughs> like Mark Vicente. Yeah, yeah, isn't it crazy though? But then, like, as you get in, like, deeper and deeper, and they start talking about this other thing, this like, this vow, like the DOS thing that happened, right? And oh, the calorie counting. Are horrible, by the and, way. The scar, the scarves are horrible, scarves horribly are horrible. sewn, horribly sewn. Well, <laughs> but as you like, you see sort of the change in Allison. Oh God, it's she's allegedly. So, no, she's so thin. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that. But there were certain moments where they're doing like certain flashbacks and you could see her in the background and stuff like, like, and I was like, oh, it's like acting class. She's like her acting class persona. Like bubbly, vivacious, you know, a little attention seeking, but always, you know, open. She's the one, she's the one person that's always been able to smize. She smizes. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's sort of sad. I'm having some like feelings about it. Um, well, we got to reach out. I feel, I your, feel regret for her. I feel bad for her a little bit. Yeah. We got to reach that out. She got herself so deep into this. She's we got to get you to like really reach out. All right. I'll see she what could, I can do. She could use, she could use our friendship. I feel like she could use help. I mean, some, I feel like some normal, some not, I wouldn't call it help. I'd call it friendship. She needs some normal. She needs a little Allah. She needs a little Christine. We could reminisce about, our play, time in Paris at the La Louisiane and how I made it sound like I was getting chocolates on my pillow every night. And you guys were like in bunk beds. Uh, <laughs> long that story. That's another story. <laughs> but is our guest here yet? Yeah. Shall we, shall we, uh, yeah, we should let him in. Let okay. him in. Okay. Are you going let to him introduce in. him? I'll introduce him. Here he comes. He's like, okay, uh, so, he's texting us. He's like, um, am I on the right yeah, so, link? Yeah, so um, our next guest is an old but good friend of mine. I've known him for uh, like 30 years. He is a former Mouseketeer. He is uh, a member of the party, the musical group from the 90s. He is a redheaded ace, as we used to call him, Chase, the redheaded ace. <laughs> and I haven't, I mean, I've seen him, talked to him, but I, we haven't had him on the podcast. We've had most of the party on here. Um, so I wanted to add him to the mix because we have so many great fucking stories together. So please welcome Jason Hampton. Jason, oh yeah. He's still connecting to the audio. <laughs> Good. Let me get my mouse ears on, ready for him. No, wait. Just so I remember, Chase was you were Chase's guardian. I was Chase's guardian. No one makes a grilled cheese like you. I know. I love a grilled cheese too. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Hi. Yeah, 
Hey, Chase, you have technical difficulties? What's happening? There, there we go, are. kids. Sorry. Oh, there you are. Oh, look at you. He's such a fucking bragger. Look at you with all the screens as if you're making music right now. It's just a laptop. Right now. It's solid facade, you're making, and I am, I am like making music right now. Yeah, yeah. He's always <laughs> making music. This kid's always <laughs> making music. This kid, Hi, Chase. I was Welcome tell- to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks <Hey>. so much. <laughs> Chase, did you hear the Damon episode? I did. <laughs> Do you need to uh, change anything that was said or anything like that? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Good. <laughs> Do you have anything in mind? In what regards? Do you have anything? No, in mind? just I wanted. I I was hoping that you were coming on and you were going to say how much of a great guardian I was. Um, of course, that's a given. And if I really how, needed to how say. I, how you I don't have to be nice you. to him, Chase. How I helped raise you. <laughs> I have so much shit to talk about with Chase, and let me tell you why. Because we are like brothers. Um, so whatever I say, he gets. It's not. I'm not insulting. I know most of the fans think I'm an asshole, but Chase gets the. You get the persona and who I am. I've always yes. been this way. This isn't fake. <laughs> this is the real deal. Um, to, let's start with the beginning of your career, Chase. Shall we? Wow. Let's do it. So. Um, wow. Okay. Well, um, for those who don't know, um, I, I hail from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. And I come from uh, kind of a long line of like preachers and farmers, and this is everything that none of my family would really be doing. My my dad was into like theatrical stuff when he was a kid, but um, in Oklahoma, there's really not too much to do as far as that goes. So I would do like local commercials and competitions, uh, talent competitions. When and, we say um, local commercials, like like mattress companies, car yeah, car dealerships, yeah, yeah model model for an ad for the paper for something or. Um, you know, a quick commercial for a, a local milk ad or something like that. I love that kind of when stuff. When they would come up, you know, so I was really into it. I loved it. Um, but more than anything, I loved um, singing and dancing. And there was like these local competitions that would happen called Oklahoma Kids um, that everybody would do. And it was kind of a nonprofit thing. And I made it to the top right off the bat, right when I got into it, made a bunch of friends. And um, I was kind of that kid at, at school that had, you know, did, what didn't really fit in. I was introverted, you know, but here I found this group of kids that had kind of common ground, you know, and, and we kind of built off each other, much like I did later in the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, but it's funny, out of this Oklahoma kids group, Blake Shelton was actually a part of this group as well. No uh, way. Late, Older later on. Yeah, later on. What's that? How old are you at this time? Uh, I was probably 10, 11. No, actually, mm-hmm. nine, ten, and eleven, right, right before Mickey Mouse Club, and it was kind of leading me up that to that moment and getting me ready for that moment that I didn't really know was coming. And your um, family was supportive. Yeah, they were like, "This is what you want to do. This is great." And the fact that I was winning, I was winning, um, I was winning the awards, and I was winning, and some of them were cash awards. It was real fun. I was really feeding off, you know, just winning and well, uh, trying and to figure me, out how to do inter- it. Yeah. Let me interrupt you real quick. Chase's parents, Bill Hampton and Kenyan, they they. There's not a room in their home where there's not a photo of Chase performing <laughs> yeah, in a, some sort of they are they are showbiz parents to the extent of proudness. Go ahead. Right. Right, right. So like they didn't come from that uh, you know, history, but they were so right. proud and like really supported me and um just kind of through you know, through I was doing lessons every day and it was like a whole thing. Um local talent shows at school, all that crap. But it you know, at, at school I was a completely different person. Um, and then that, that moment came when um, I got a random call. My dad got a random call at work um, about this audition that was happening in Dallas. Uh, and they said, you, you know, you, you need to have your son go there. At this point, I was kind of well-known in Oklahoma because I, they would call on me. I was doing like, um, I found a way to win. 
this is this is what my dad did my found my dad's like a total competitive guy he found a way to win these competitions he said chase if you want to win if you want to win chase do a patriotic song okay and i was like nah dad i want to do a cool song i want to do something that's on the radio i want to do poison or bon jovi no chase if you want to win so at that point, actually, the Challenger had just actually blown up the, um, oh, the, the space shuttle, right? <laughs> so my dad's like, here's what you're going to do, all right? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to dress up in a tuxedo. You're going to go out on stage. And you're going to sing Memory from Cats. All the other girls are, are dressing up like cats when they sing Memory. So they would all dress up like cats and sing Memory from Cats. He's like, you're going to go out to sing Memory from Cats, and you're going to fold a flag, and you're going to lay it down right next to this easel. And on the easel is going to be a picture of the Challenger, you know, the... Um, the, all the, yeah. the crew, oh, the challenger. Wow. And, and, I was a kid, and so I would do this and, and I would see the crowd's reaction. They would just start pouring, you know, and I got called to do it at the state Capitol and I'd get called for all these big conventions. So I was kind of well-known. So people would call my dad and say, Hey, this, this opportunity came up and got me to Dallas. Um, I literally got there at like one in the morning, uh, checking into the hotel at the Galleria at Dallas. And, um, I'll I love never that forget Galleria, it. by the way. <laughs> right? So I was checking. There was literally nobody in the lobby. Uh, it was me and my mom and another cat. It was my, one of my dance teachers uh, that went with me. He was staying with me at the time. And we went down there, and I heard this kind of ruckus at the other end of the lobby as we were checking in. It was literally 1 in the morning. And uh, these people kind of stumbling in, having fun. And they go, hey, are you here for the Mickey Mouse Club audition? Across the, across the way. And I had my jams on. I don't know if you remember jams. But we've jams. Jams I had there. jams. I had my jams. Yeah. I had my boom box. I had my little briefcase full of all my sure. cassette tapes that I was going to perform to. I was ready to go. So I walked, you know, I still have that. You know, they were like, um, you here for the Mickey Mouse Club audition? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they said, you want to audition right now? We're the casting directors. And I said, let's go. And I started walking over there. And they go, no, 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 no. We're just kidding. We'll see you tomorrow. And unbeknownst to me, that moment was like a, that was like a pinnacle moment for me because the next day it came along, people were already lined up before the sun rose, over a thousand people there. The moment I walked in the room, he remembered me and it kind of made all that nervousness go away. Right. I could be like, I could be like a real kid. I could be like a real person with him. And he's like, just show me what you got. I see you got all your tapes and I did all my stuff. And he's like, why don't you come around and sit with me and we'll just call in the next person. And I was like, oh, okay. So I never really oh, came so out of the room. And so that, you're like, so Dawson, mom, now I'm, I'm in the casting director. I, yeah, I, was, I didn't really know what was happening, but I was, it was obviously amazing. It was fun and you know, exciting. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so then my mom actually peeked her head in about 40 minutes later and goes, I'm just checking on my son. And he's like, no, we didn't <laughs> kidnap him. He's in here. He's helping us. And then they sent me off to a, uh, an interview. They said, you're going to go do an interview right now. And it was for Mary Hart's Entertainment Tonight. And I was just like, <laughs> what? what's happening? What? Right and they were like, uh, it was in a side room with all this stuff set up. And they were like, well, they really like you. And I was like, they do? They really like me? Oh, wow. I didn't know. I don't know anything. This is like just happening right now. And uh, I went back to school for a while. And uh, I got called to do a little screen test that I had to show up for. Just to keep sending stuff to them. But I didn't hear from them for a long time. And then I got a telegram, a telegram at school. They called me to the office. <laughs> you got a telegram. You know, it was like exciting. And, uh, was it like by it, pigeon? They, yeah, they read it over. Like, that was, isn't that crazy? They're so old. <laughs> They read it over the speaker, you know, yeah, you've been chosen to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. What? At that, see, at that point, it was a movie. When I auditioned, it was a movie. It was called Why Because We Like You. And there was a huge writer strike in 89. I don't know if you remember that. But it was, everything right. shut down. Everything shut down. All the, the talk shows shut down. So because they were still doing this show, actually, they, they, everything shut down. So they stopped doing the movie. But Disney was like, we're still building this theme park in Florida, okay? And we're not going to stop because we're building a theme park and we're going to have people come and watch it on the tour and the whole bit. 
We want right. a live-in set. We want these guys to be a live-in set on our thing, on our on our on our. So it was park. like an attraction. We were or, an attraction. Right. So we just, just killing two birds with one stone. We brought in the channel. Right. Just, right. just to just to explain everyone. So Disney built a theme park based on television and film called like at Universal, that time right? it was called yeah like at that time it was and it was one of the first of its kind besides Universal, but all Disney and M, at that time it was M, Disney MGM Studios. Right. So go ahead. Yeah, and other people would come in and film. They'd rent out the sound stages and stuff. But because the tour always went through and was always watching from above, they wanted this live-in set. So, you know, most people, most people get kind of the facade set when you go and show up on your set in California. This set was like a mansion. This set was like a playground beyond playgrounds because they wanted wow. it to look cool. The audience could come in and sit. It was an attraction in itself. And they i think they really wanted us for that but it really took off on the disney channel more than i think they ever even perceived they, they well, it, it launched a, the disney channel it, it helped to launch it and they could tell that by the subscription based um because of the model that they had then right. you know you had to pay for it and they would say why are you why are you getting the mickey mouse you know why are they why are you getting disney and they'd say we love the mickey mouse club most of the things they were running on there were like pooh's corner and uh you know it was very kind of toddler stuff so this is kind of the first time they got into you know, some serious conversations and, and they actually went deep on the Mickey Mouse Club more than most people realize. They would talk about divorced parents and, you know, racial stuff. And Ryan White was going to come on the show at one point right before he died. I mean, I'll never forget. We were being wow. trained on how to talk to someone that had, you know, HIV and AIDS. And so just being in that and learning that because we we're still kids and, and naive and we're still in school. When we still you, to do all this stuff. It was crazy. Did you, when you auditioned, did you... Was there anyone else in Dallas that made that season, the, the premiere of it, so that you saw? I, from that, we actually went and did a callback in, in, at the studios in California. They did like a, a screen test. And at that screen test, I was gonna, I, they told me who we were going to be. I was going to be Lonnie. Uh, Tiffany was going to be Annette. All right. And tip, so that's oh, the first time funny. I met Tiffany. Yeah. And I met Jennifer there. Jennifer, I think, was going to be Darlene, if I remember right. Right. And there was another guy, uh, Trey Parker, that was there who ended up being in Newsies. Oh, and Trey. Stuff, yeah. It's right. One of our great friends. He, um, and he was going to be, he was going to be Bobby. Was, and but, Lindsay Alley? Was she in well, the Lin original? Lindsay wasn't there that I remember. Okay. That I remember. Um, but then they, they immediately just took, they said, okay, that's scrapped. And they literally just took our pictures off one board and said, okay, we're going to put you over here now. We're going to do this show. We'll just do it as a show and we'll put it on the channel because we own this medium and we can just do that. And then it ended up being really great. So, so that's the Mickey wow. Mouse Club. Anyway. And then uh, you want me to keep going? You want to go into the party? Well, no, no well, I, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Hold on. Yeah, okay. I want to ask you a question. Chase, when you, when you were doing the Mickey Mouse Club, um, yeah. did your mom go with you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So another, another, like those guys are the heroes. And I mentioned this at MMC 30. I made all the parents stand up. I go, you really want to know the true heroes of this? It's our parents. Cause they literally picked up and moved. We weren't California kids. They specifically went out and got people in the Midwest and all these odd right. places um, to make us real, more, more real. And yeah, our parents trusted the process amazingly enough. And um, usually it was one parent that moved and one parent stayed, but some of the parents ended up moving completely. My parents are still in Florida. And then as soon as the show was over, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to California. See you. Right. <laughs> so then. And are you, a, you're an back. only child? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can so you I tell? Was, I, was lucky, I was lucky in that aspect, but a lot of, most weren't, you know? Yeah. And, right. and that's why, in a, in, and as a lot will tease me about, it's, it's a lot of the reason why I get emotional about these guys a lot when I talk about them, because they are truly my brothers and sisters. You know, I've never had yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's my, who I lean on all the time. I still call so many of them. And, and knowing Chase at such a young age, uh, I mean, you pretty much grew up 
in Orlando, you're growing, you're, you're, adolescence and just like becoming a, a a man was sort of in that time period right uh, he was always and i say this kindly he was always the awkward one he was always like the third wheel so or you know it's true right like you yeah. always you were like like the redheaded stepchild in yeah. a sense but yeah. here's what was crazy it's like chase chase's talents his voice is like insane like he's got and i always get mad at him because i said as soon as the mickey mouse club is over he wanted to come and do albums and rock and blah blah, blah. and i was like you're a dumbass you need to move to new york and do broadway you would be a huge star on broadway yeah. he doesn't listen to anything of course <laughs> but like for an example like remember okay scott wing scott winger played aladdin christine and i know scott right. very well chase you auditioned for aladdin or the song that didn't make Aladdin, Chase sang. For it was Disney. basically between me and him at the very end. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. And that I song, which I you the world. No, but that song, I like to I do still, it. The baritone that version. Song, Proud this, of your boy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the song that Chase never, that never, did it end up going in the sequel? Proud of your boy. I've seen or guys perform it. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because I've seen guys sing it since. So it's yeah, I love that song, and I remember distinctly when Chase sang. I was like, "Oh, dude, this is your job. You are Aladdin. There is no <laughs> way." Um, yeah, like those opportunities happen, and then, um, but we had so many memories in Orlando. I mean, with Albert, it was Albert Chase and Damon, and um, a couple of us outsiders, right? But. It was well. You had the car. So you got to remember. You had the. I car. had the car. So I was right. one of the. I was the oldest. You know, besides Allah, in the Mickey Mouse Club, I was kind of the older guy. So I eventually got the car, but Allah had right. the car. So he'd come pick. We'd be like, we're, we're going out, and he'd pick us up, and he'd have the, the BMW with the top down, and we'd be cruising down I Drive, just blaring music, and just you know, we'd jump out, and start nice. dancing. <laughs> I'll never oh, forget we those. Good nice. lord. We get, yeah, we had the best. We get ki get kicked out of the crab shack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a playground um, for sure. We had a great yeah, time. Yeah, we we had so much fun, and then um, and then so how the many party years? <laughs> yeah, so how many years on the Mickey Mouse Club before the party came around? Uh, I was there uh, three seasons. I was there from the pilot and then to the season three, and we we jumped into the party at that point. That's when Hollywood Records uh, was formed, and they decided to right. do that route. And because we were still under contract with Mickey Mouse Club, we were still technically on the Mickey Mouse Club. So season four, we would come on and do interstitials on the Mickey Mouse Club as the party. And there was no internet back then. So if you think about it, Disney's brilliant. They would just promote our shows and promote the party before and after and during the Mickey Mouse Club. So right. it would be the ads and they would just stick them in, stick them in. So we'd show up at a mall or something as the party and it would just be like mayhem, you know, because they had that free advertising, you know, that they, most people didn't have access to. And then, uh, so season four, I was still on it. Season five and six, we were not on the show pretty much at all. Uh, and then I came back season seven uh, as a host um, with Tiffany. So we hosted the last season. So it was real, real cool to actually experience being the older guy uh, with the Britneys and Christina and Ryan, little Ryan and, uh, Justin. and Justin and all those guys, JC and all of them. Yeah, it was, it was fun to, Wow. Reconnect with them, but kind of reconnect with them with a little more info to, to send them off into the world. Because <laughs> we had just been the party, the party yeah. experience. I'd be like, okay, here's what you guys got to do. You got to write your own songs. Yeah. 
you need a manager, you know? <laughs> right, right. And did you see um, like, I mean, you were older, obviously, by that point, but did you see sort of like a difference already in, in maybe the, the savviness of the, that new crop of kids versus like when you guys were just like, we're doing this thing called the Mickey Mouse Club. Sure. We've well, got yeah, kids from everywhere. They were inventing the wheel as they were going. So it was, the schedules right. were so insane. And when we started, we were doing a show a day, much like a soap opera. So, you know, it wasn't like you got your script on Monday and you rehearse the next day and then, oh, I'm not even in this week. You know, I can lay low. It was like you got your script every morning and that's what you were doing that day. Right. Um, you know, and it was it was the fact that we could remember and retain and actually record pre-record stuff and do B-roll before and they could edit all that together was insane. But the, by the time I came back, they killed that schedule and they were doing like two or three shows a week, um, not a show a day. Um, and then they would just as they as they played it on the air, it would be a show a day. And we just we would just stretch wow. out how long it took us to film it. But uh, it was such a crazy schedule and then the amount of kids. But yeah, those kids were watching us before they auditioned. Um, so they were already kind of, you know, they, they knew what to do. Yeah. They came in, they already knew the rap yeah. at the end of the song. They knew how to come in and just be, you know, be part of the gang. But, um, but to that sense, you know, we, um, as good of friends as we all are, we're kind of a competitive bunch. You know, we're all, we were all the best of where we were in our locations. So right. when we got, when we all got put in a room together, it was like, oh, damn. I'm not as good as I thought I was, you know, and I see Albert dancing and I'd have to pick it up like 10 notches just to keep up with him or someone would be singing. And Christina could sing like that when she was there, you know, when she was that tiny. So we actually really put each other on pedestals and actually it was a great training ground, I guess, because we would, we would learn from each other. We're like, I like what you're doing there. I'm going to use that. And then how'd you do that? Show me this step, you know, out of, but it was, it ended up being like 30 kids, something, you know, so. Right, wow. but it, it, and there were cliques too. There oh, were sure, definitely. Sure. Oh, yeah, of course. And so it, it was almost like a high school mentality at some point, where you're like, there are those cliques, and people are left out, and you know, it's not the best. And you're living, working. Everyone's sort of living in the same kind of complex too. Like everyone's sort of like moving. So it's a lot of the another same reason people. why we bonded too. I think that's why yeah. it became such a spiritual experience for all of us, even the cast. I mean, even the crew, because it wasn't like. You know, I was in California and I just went to the set and then I checked out and I just went home and I'm with all my stuff. It was like, we all got moved to this weird location, even, yeah. even a lot of the crew members. So it's like, no one had anybody else. So after work, it's like, Hey, see you at the hot tub. What are we having tonight? You know, it's barbecue. Yeah. Night. You know, Allah's yeah. coming over. We're going to, you know, pleasure island. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it right. got, and it got, it got incestual too, you know, almost, you know, it was, there was a lot of different relationships coming out. I mean, we talked sure. about Damon and Brandy yep. and there was in the whole, you know, I mean, I could talk about Dee Dee. I could talk about Albert. I could talk about um, Carrie Russell and, you know, all these like, because you're teenagers raging hormones and everyone. And is these are the like, only you people know. you see. That's right. right. That's and you're working. 12 to 14 hour well, days. Their schedule isn't normal kids' <laughs> schedules. They were they were abusing their there's no union in Florida. It's a right yeah. to work state. Right. So at a, so for the certain amount of seasons, <coughs> yeah, that was happening. Yeah, the, the hours and all that stuff were were insane and not what you would see in California or some other places. And eventually that ended up changing. So the show actually had a good part. And the shows that were having at Nickelodeon at that time. Had a, had a big part of SAG moving in there and, um, and making some good laws for Florida. And it's not like they were trying to abuse us. They were trying to get their show done. They were trying to do their thing. And granted, we actually 
loved doing it. And I don't think anyone would say they didn't want to be there. No. We, and we all loved, yeah. it was like, oh, I get, to be the, I get to be the lead singer of this song and I get to slide down this and I get to you know, do this and there's gonna be lasers going yeah. off. All right, where do, where do I sign up? You know, let's film till midnight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as an adult now, you know, I'm like, wow, I can't believe we actually did some of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I have neck injuries. <laughs> yeah. So then, so, so then, well, real quick, because I want to touch on a little bit. So the party, right, so the party was happening and it was sort of like at the end and then me, you, Albert was already living in California. Me, you, your girlfriend at the time. Um, who else moved out there? Carrie had just moved out there. Carrie Russell, because she had done Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but me and you moved out at the same time. My second <laughs> night there, I was at Chase's apartment because my apartment wasn't ready yet in Studio City. I was at Chase's apartment, which all he had was a couch, and I slept in a sleeping bag upstairs. By the way, Chase is the person I tried pot with for the first time in my life, which we'll talk about that experience. Um, oh, God. That's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, which yeah, I yeah. was... I. Oh, I literally, they were going to take me to the hospital. Um, uh, <laughs> I flipped out. Um, so Chase, so my second night was Northridge Earthquake at Chase's. I ran down the stairs and see you and your girlfriend just going back and forth on the couch because you had no furniture yet. It was, right. I was waiting on the bed to be made. I was waiting on some furniture yeah. to be, be delivered. And I totally, we totally forgot I, you were upstairs because that was such a yeah. crazy moment. And then all of a sudden you're like, hello, hello. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Guys. And was, we had never crazy. been in an earthquake of that magnitude before in our lives. Our cars were being delivered that day, remember, to Dee Dee's family's house. Yes. And so we're like riding, we're like riding down Melrose, Melrose to pick up our cars from Florida. And everyone's like, get off the road. You know, there's glass everywhere. We had no yeah. idea what to expect. We had no groceries. We couldn't find food. What was the diner that was on Sunset that we used to go to? Mel? Ben Franks. Ben Franks. Ben Franks. Oh. Ben it turned, Franks. It, it, turn, it turned into it. I think you were trying to think of that. You were trying to think of that in um, in Damon's uh, interview. Yeah, show, I, I could not yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. I was like Ben Franks. So, like, <laughs> yeah, Ben Franks. Thank you, Jesus. So yeah. So I mean, it was chaos. But so we all moved to LA together as like Southern kids who thought Hollywood. I mean. Chase Damon and those guys and Albert, they had a career already. I was starting my career after college, even though I had um, been around the industry because of them so much, like especially on tour and being Chase's guardian, which you could talk about how that came about, Chase. Yeah, can we talk about that? How how in the hell were you picked for that, Allah? Like, there was there literally no one else that could do it? <laughs> no one else. <laughs> well, he, he was always there, and he had definitely earned his trust. You know what I mean? He was an honorary yeah, character, I mean, like, he was, like he is now. But, he, you know, but, uh-huh. but they all knew his heart. You know, everybody who knows Allah knows Allah. So, um, right. and, and they know his, and once you've met his family, and you, you know, you know. So, uh, yeah. What? Uh-oh. <laughs> what happened? Uh-oh. You froze, but I can hear you. Yeah, we can still um, hear you. That's all right. He'll come back in. Okay. Um, um, so, what, yeah, so, so you were how old when he was your guardian? 13, four, well, probably 14. 14 okay. no, 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 no. You were 13, 14? Well, 14, it, was, it, was, okay. it was a summer of 1990. I, it right, was okay. a summer of 1990 because I went to college right after. Uh, okay, no, no, so summer probably, of 91, summer of 91, sorry. That makes, it makes, the party years were like 14, 15, 16. So it had okay, to have been right. in there for sure. 
when when it was as third album. boys were all <coughs> yes. honoring you know we're, we're trying to get in trouble at that point um but yeah uh, so my uh our hair, my, my parents both worked a lot of the parents had one parent that didn't work so right. a lot of times the parent could actually travel uh, my, my mom's a school teacher and my dad worked at an insurance company and they just they couldn't do it so they had to kind of trust the next best thing uh, and usually it was my hairdresser, our hairdresser who had this long, gorgeous, long blonde hair. <laughs> Brent LeVette, like you can find yeah, him he on was Instagram. a lady killer. Yeah, amazing stylist, amazing hairdresser. Um, and he was, he was a beautiful for me. He was, he was very kind. Um, I think Damon's sister did it at some point. You did it. Uh, right. Right. Uh, a number of people. And, you know, wow. it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was probably, it was probably cool. fun for a lot to have a little responsibility it was so, like that. But I, had, I mean, listen, all we did was shop. Go to bar one. Go to Ben Frank's. Like it was literally every day. We we went to a mall every day, every single day. And what the ironic thing is, this is well, this is the ironic thing. They were perform. The party was performing. Remember, I bought that red suit from um, in at the Beverly Center. It was like a thousand dollar suit. I bought the red zip up suit, which I think I still have in my parents' house. Um, and I, you were performing at APLA. Okay. Um, at the at Universal Studios in their amphitheater in their um, theater there, and it was a benefit concert for uh, AIDS for AIDS, and you guys were performing, and we were in the green room afterwards, the after party, and was I was in I was in line at the buffet, like the snacks. You know, I love a food tray. Um, I was in line right behind Alyssa Milano. Had never met her yet. Wow! She, it was her and Scott Wolf. And I was right by her. She had really short hair because I guess she had just done the um, whatever that movie was, the dragon movie, whatever. Um, and I was behind her in line. I was like, oh, that's Melissa Milano, blah, blah. But years later, I ended up meeting her and becoming best friends, which was just, it was just weird. That backstage was nuts. I actually remember that very well. Yeah. I remember Robin Williams back there entertain yeah. everyone that was around him yeah it was that was yeah, a wild, it was crazy was a wild time and then your relationship like with the new kids was interesting right go ahead and touch on that new kids on the block yeah well yeah we i mean i wish we had more of a relationship with them they came on the show obviously and um we got to we got to watch their concert and they came on the mickey mouse club and we got to hang with them a little bit um but through the years we would catch up with them when we were in la we used to stay at the, the mondrian and uh yeah jordan and john would come pick us up because they could drive at that point and we couldn't still. <laughs> and so they would come pick us up and uh take us over to bar one or we'd go hang out at a club and yeah they were these guys are super kind beautiful hearts all of them and and donnie as For well the, anytime donnie would come over yeah. the same, same situation yeah like, he used to take us to ben frank's after yeah. bar one we used to all That's pile right. in their car and just drive over and eat and it was like surreal, but like at the same time felt normal. It was so weird. And for those of you who don't know what Bar One is, Bar One is this 21 and over nightclub. But at that time in the 90s, it really didn't matter as long as you had some sort of celebrity. <laughs> You'd be like, what's up, so, dude? Yeah, so there'd be like 15, there'd be Chase, who's like 15 years old, and like Prince is at the table across. It was like, celeb it was during the time where celebrities and paparazzi and, and people were going out just to go, like to show that they were still relevant. And it was insane celebrities. It was crazy. And you're just like, what the fuck is going And we're like, we're not old enough to drink or anything. We're getting served. We're sitting, you know, we're like, it was nuts. It is a mental release, wow. though, that I don't think most people can understand. Because, like, like Jordan and John, they, they don't really have anybody to hang out with. So they're like, hey, you know, the party's in town. Like, there's that common ground, you know, that you can, like, you're in a different city. 
So, you know, you find somebody who's, who has the kind of same lifestyle as you have, who can't really get out, who he has to stay safe, you know, doesn't want to be in the, the wrong situation. And we go into bar line, like, and, you know, yeah. I was going the wrong place. I was walking around like Universal City Walk with all the tourists <laughs> being like, yeah, uh, no. trying to like find boys. Like that was not, I, I should have been well, far one with all y'all. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, yeah, never we did that. that. Even when we were in the Mickey Mouse Club, we would sneak into the park all the time. Don't get me wrong. We'd be oh, like, yeah. hey, I'm going, I'm going to get a bagel at craft services. It, we'd leave school and not come back. We'd be on a great movie ride or like, you know, getting a girl's phone number or something. So yeah, so we did fun. plenty of that. Believe me. That's so fun. And then, okay. So, so the party ends, you finish up, you do another year on Mickey Mouse Club. And then you're like, I'm, I'm moving out to LA. For good. He moved out to LA. He moved out to LA before his last year on the Mouse Club. And the, his last year when he was hosting, he was living in LA when they made the offer. That's Got right. it. Yeah, I just moved there, okay. and they're like, you want to come back? And I'm like, okay. I was like, D yeah, don't say no. Yeah. And that was just you and Tiffany. And I was, do you feel like there was resentment between the other members of the party for that when you, when you, when you got nope. that offer? No, because, see, at that age, we were all trying Liar! to... Liar! No, no, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't, because I think we were all trying to navigate, and we were all trying to fight who we already were. Okay, so we were yeah. already trying. We were trying not to be Disney. We were trying not to be. We're doing we, everything. Who, yeah. Right, and and the truth is, later in life, I realized, well, that was a big mistake. You know, it was great to kind of try to figure it all out, but you really have to go with who you are and you know what God gave you. You know, and that's it's something that even doing Mickey Mouse Club stuff now and the reunion stuff. You know, the power of us being together, the power of the party being in one room together. Yeah is undeniable when, when we all can hold our own as a soloist, you know, but it's just not well, the same. except for Damon. You know, I, I gotta disagree with you, brother. He's tone deaf, <laughs> Chase. He knows no, it. Have you ever, it. If you ever walk in his house while he's in the shower and he's going to town and he's singing Black Crows, it sounds like Chris Robinson. He, okay, I think well, when he gets in front of people, he freezes. Robinson. Right, so he's got, a, he's got one go-to song that he carries. Hey, man, like every karaoke don't stop. Person. Yeah. He's got that go-to song. But if you were to play him a song, if you say, if you went, if you played him a, a C on the piano and say match right. the note. Well, let me say like, this then. Uh, <coughs> he can't, yeah. If you tell him where the note is, he can sing it. But let me, give, let me gift you with this. I truly think Damon has the best talent out of everybody. Okay? 100%. And it's the guy, if, you, if he, he walks in a room and there's people, I see people, they go, who in the hell is this guy? And they want to hate him. I've seen it. 100%. And by the end, by, within minutes, they have their arms around him. They're singing. You know, he, he is the most incredible person. When he walks in a room, he can just light it up. He's lightning in a bottle. I don't think he realizes. I don't think he realizes what that, that, that is as a talent, right, Allah? Yeah. It's, I, it's I, I, crazy. He is, that's, and I will always say that. His personality, it, I've never seen anything like it. In fact, I model myself after him when right. I go into public places. And, again, and I'll yeah. say that because that's why I'm a socialite, Christine, if you've noticed. Oh, I have plans yeah. all over places. And we spoke about airport bars. I can talk to anyone at an airport bar. You probably could not do that, okay? And that's true. No, um, that's, you're absolutely that's right. A, you that is, you that's do a, have that's a talent a, for airport That's the Damon mentality. Damon can go walk into a room, and it's that chameleon me mentality where he will fit into any kind of scenario he's in. You wanted to, he could, yes, anything. That's absolutely right, Chase. I won't take that away from him, but he cannot fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I've always been in awe. And again, that's kind of how, that's kind of the gift of being in the Mickey Mouse Club and the party is like being around all these well, talented oh, people and learning from shows. each other. And yeah, live just, shows. Yeah. Who did they mute? Who did they mute in the live shows? <laughs> they would <Thank> try. You. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, so but Chase, again, he, he was out there rocketed, man, shaking his yeah. hips, making the girls go crazy. Yeah. Oh, no. He's a, no, he was like a hard talk. And you were also, you guys also grew up during a time of like, Teen Beat and all those. I mean, I went to so many of those shoots at Screenland and all those, those that those mag, those teen magazines. It was crazy time. Here, here was my problem with you guys as someone who's a little bit older. Is you took and you can admit this. You just did a little bit. You guys took for granted your potential of. You went from fame and relying on what was happening at the moment and not on what your potential of the next step would be like you just sort of like sat in that and expected it a little bit to happen didn't right, you so even, i mean when you moved right, to la because yeah. when you moved to la you didn't realize the audition game the oh, yeah. amount of talent that was out which here which is why you thought, i'm coming yeah which is like <laughs> i just came from a show that's yeah. been all over that's worldwide right in a group that's been, you toured with Danelle, I mean, just name the people that you toured with. Yeah, Vanilla Ice, High Five, Color Me Bad, Taylor Dane. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and yeah, you, you, you go on stage, there's 10,000 people waiting for you every night. You start to right. you know, believe, believe that you you're get, not going to have any problems. Right. So yeah, when we got to LA, I saw the, the big pond, you know. And so when I went back to Mickey Mouse Club, a lot of the, a lot of the, there was more like weirdness from those guys. They were like, why are you coming back? It was weird on, it was right. weird from them. And they were like, why would you come back here? Because they were looking up to the party, wishing they could be in the party, wishing right. they could be doing that. And I was, guys, I was like, guys, <laughs> it's a hard, but there's a lot of people out there doing exactly what you want to do. And talented yeah. ones, right? People who never get their break. So again, you got to take it where you can take it and just run with it and do yeah. you. That's right. That was part one with Chase Hampton from The Party. We'll be back next week with part two, talking more about career advice, The Party, and what Chase has been up to since then. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. The worst moments of our life. Hey, girl, hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can I be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny. <laughs> <laughs>